Back in 1948, black families in Johnson County got fed up with the quality of education at a two-room schoolhouse. So they started their own school in living rooms. We fixed it up as near as a classroom as we could. I thought it was great. How a lengthy school boycott and six very brave children led to the integration of a Kansas grade school five years before Brown v. Board. Check it out on the podcast of People's History of Kansas City. Up to date wants to know what you're talking about with family and friends. You can text UTD to 816-601-4777 to tell us. Again, 816-601-4777. This is Up to Date on KCUR 89.3. I'm Steve Kraske. The newest COVID-19 vaccines rolled out earlier this fall, but not many Americans have shown interest in getting boosted. The CDC reports that earlier this December that only 17 percent of adults and 7 percent of kids have received the updated vaccine, which targets more recent virus strains. While hospitalizations in Kansas City have remained relatively low and steady, that could change in the new year as more of us travel and gather around the holidays. Dr. Sarah Boyd is an infectious disease specialist at St. Luke's, and she's here to give us the latest on the coronavirus and other seasonal vaccines. Dr. Boyd, thanks for taking time with us today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So what do the numbers tell us, doctor? How many patients are at St. Luke's for COVID right now? So across our health system today, we're actually at a fairly steady and low number, kind of in the mid-20s. Yeah. Um, and it does fluctuate, you know, day to day and week to week. But luckily, we aren't in a big, um, a large number of patients like we were earlier in the pandemic. I was going to say, and so that number has been relatively steady the last few months? Yes. Yeah. And this is the time of year we typically see a spike in COVID cases. Are you expecting that to be the case this time? So certainly this is our kind of traditional respiratory season around the holidays when people travel, like you mentioned, as well as, you know, gather together in larger groups than maybe they do on a day-to-day basis. And so certainly we usually do see some uptick in both COVID as well as influenza and other respiratory viruses um, kind of in that holiday period and, and just after. I guess the question is how big of a spike you might expect to see, right? We're, we're hopeful that we won't see large spikes like we did early in the pandemic you know, with the benefit of people having had illness before, vaccination, kind of awareness of, of those simple things we do for prevention. Um, but I do think we'll continue to see kind of up and down, kind of little little roller coaster spikes of, of illness. I mean, given the fact that people are coming together during the holiday season, why wouldn't we see a big spike? I mean, so, so few folks getting vaccinated again. Why wouldn't the numbers really climb in a scary sort of way? So I do think with the number of people that have been vaccinated, as well as people being aware and, you know, if they have symptoms getting tested, all of that can go to really helping limit some of those large volume of cases in a short amount of time. Um, but I do think if if people don't think about it, get tested, continue about kind of their day-to-day activity without knowing and kind of doing some of that isolation, that risk to the community does you know, increase. So if someone listening is thinking, hey, I haven't had a a, a booster in a year or so, is there still some protection from that booster? Is that what you're suggesting? So protection for severe illness, for winding up in the hospital or needing medical attention, uh, the vaccines are fabulous for for prevention of of that severe illness or death. Um, In 
the vaccines don't necessarily prevent all infections. Um, and kind of with influenza vaccine as well, there can be some some mitigation of how severe the illness may be if you are vaccinated. Yeah. So. I mentioned in the opening that not many Americans have gotten the most recent COVID-19 vaccine this fall. Do we know, doctor, you know, why is that? Why? What's keeping folks from getting another shot? I got mine. There are a lot of reasons that people might be hesitant to get their shot. Some of it's convenience. So I do think we've made it much easier. You can go on vaccines.gov, put in your zip code, um, and it'll tell you which vaccines are in stock at at a local pharmacy Mm -hmm. um, to get that. I think some of it is you know, kind of the national health emergency when it ended, people court have said, okay, it's it's over. And even though that emergency uh, response period is over, the illness is still circulating. And so I think it's people just having awareness. There doesn't seem to be as much urgency this time. What would your advice be as a doctor to someone listening who is thinking, you know, it's been a while since I've gotten a shot? So anyone um, who is... Uh, not been vaccinated with the newest updated uh, thing that came out this fall should go and get their vaccine. That's the recommendation from from CDC and and public health. Um, Certainly those patients that have other health problems that put them at high risk, so heart disease, kidney disease, um, they're immune compromised, maybe have um, a cancer diagnosis, all of those people should be vaccinated because if they become ill, they have a high chance of becoming very ill with it. Hmm. What are you hearing from your patients you see at St. Luke's about the latest booster and what maybe what's keeping people from, from getting a shot? The reasons people are are hesitant sometimes to get a vaccine, I think, is really varied. Some people maybe don't see um, how it impacts them. They feel like they're low risk. Maybe they don't have those health conditions I mentioned. Um, you know, some of it I think is convenience or thinking, oh, I'll, I'll do that tomorrow and, and you know, not just taking that step to get it done. And then I think there are, um, you know, I think in general, we've had a large push of vaccinations, um, you know, in the last year. And so people trying to kind of keep up with what's that newest recommendation and it's, does that apply to me is also part of it. Yeah. You know, Jackson County on this side of the state line and neighboring counties have had a hard time getting their hands on the new vaccines this fall. Could that delay a potentially discourage people from getting shots? I think that we know with with most medical care in general is that if it's easy, accessible, it's affordable, um, you know, it kind of fits into your day to day activity that people are much more likely to to follow that advice and and get the yeah. get the prevention done that they need. So we'll be back in just a minute. Support for this podcast comes from Panasonic Energy, powered by Kansans. Panasonic Energy is working to drive a greener future for transportation with advanced EV battery technology. More at na.panasonic.com. We know that plants can move, adapt, and attack, but can they also think? A plant that might be very boringly sitting there doing apparently nothing might be doing a lot of stuff. I'm Kate the Chemist, and we're looking into the possibility of plant intelligence on my podcast, Seeking a Scientist, made possible by the Sowers Institute. You know, I mentioned as I introduced this segment, Doctor, that uh, as of earlier December, 17% of adults and 7% of children have received the updated vaccine. How concerned is the medical community when you hear those percentages about these vaccination rates? 
certainly with this pandemic, it's been evolving. And so we don't know what you know, a year from now or two years from now brings as some of that immunity from the early vaccine um, kind of wanes and what does that look like? And so I think that's where kind of using the best up-to-date recommendations to to be vaccinated helps not only maybe your own health, those around you, but but the community resources for use for medical care. Yeah. I should point out that COVID isn't the only vaccine that's out there right now. What other shots should folks think about getting? So we're in prime season to get your influenza vaccine. That's an annual vaccine um, and very similar symptoms to COVID. So if you know you can't just say, oh, I don't have this or that and, and know which illness you have. So certainly influenza. And then RSV vaccine for high-risk individuals, for um, those over age 60, as well as um, they're indicated for uh, women in, in their third trimester pregnancy in a certain uh, window. And so certainly asking about those for your healthcare providers. There are several different shots for RSV. How are they different, doctor? So in general, the the vaccines for RSV are, are fairly similar in the sense of, of their protection and mechanism. Um, and so I would encourage people that need that vaccine after they discuss with their healthcare provider to get the one that's easily available to them. Remind us what RSV is. It's respiratory syncytial virus. That's a, a common cold type virus. Um, we usually see in, in children, there's large spikes of illness that kind of go through the community, you know, kind of in a large wave or peak. Um, but we know that the impact, you know, adults get infected and that elderly adults can have just as severe as illness and risk for hospitalization as as something like influenza. What are the symptoms? Like influenza? Cough. Like the flu? Yeah, yeah runny nose, all of those kind of respiratory symptoms, which is why if you do have that, you need to get get tested so that you can better determine, you know, which what you have. And then certainly for influenza and COVID, there are uh, treatment antiviral options. I was going to say, if you get RSV, can you get the vaccine after that? And will, would that help? So it wouldn't help with that acute illness, um, but certainly for risk, uh, lowering your risk for severe illness or hospitalization um, in the future. Yeah. How big of a concern has RSV been at St. Luke's uh, this fall? So we've had fairly low numbers, but we don't take care of pediatric uh, patients. So this is kind of the adult population and a smaller number of adults usually wind up hospitalized from from RSV. Um and so I'm not sure about, you know, the, the pediatric population rates for but so do, far this just, season. So you're saying kids are more more commonly get RSV than adults do? Well, kids, I would say everyone can get it. Yeah. But uh, children often, especially young children, you'll see those large spikes in hospitalizations for, for RSV, um, you know, usually year to year or so. What about the flu? Uh, if my numbers are correct, doctor, it looks like more people have gotten flu shots than COVID shots this fall. Is that is that common? I, I think that's part of what we're seeing with the vaccine involvement for, for COVID. You know, influenza has been an annual vaccine. So I think people anticipate and they know, yeah. hey, every year this is recommended. And so I think with the COVID vaccine, that's been a bit of the issue is because there's been updated guidance that comes out and people kind of have to stay on top of that news and, and knowing, you know, oh, it's time to go get that done. But so. at some point here, you're suggesting that uh, COVID shots and flu shots will be sort of this annual thing that you do. 
I do believe we'll we'll have to find out what they recommend for COVID vaccination update next fall. Yeah. Um, but certainly influenza, the current vaccine type is an annual vaccine and will always be available in the fall. I don't want to turn this conversation too dark here, but uh, are there any other uh, diseases on the horizon, sort of like COVID, that has folks like you a little concerned about what could be coming down the pike in the next few years? So with our... Uh, society travel and we're a much smaller world than we were even 20 or 25 years ago. There are always potential emerging infections. I think for us really being aware of the public health infrastructure, learning uh, from pandemics and outbreaks when they happen and how can we better respond to the next one, that's all critical for how our our society and our country and and our local um, cities respond uh, to future threats. I've seen a lot more people wearing masks lately. Is that something that folks might want to start doing again? So the basic prevention strategies, masking, certainly if you're high risk or going into high risk settings, is, is a strategy. The social distancing, being aware of ventilation, you know, we've worked on that um, with information that came out of, of the COVID pandemic, as well as hand hygiene and, and getting tested if you're sick. Mm-hmm. What should you do if you feel sick? What do you recommend? So home tests for COVID are still available, and there's actually still four free home tests to each address supplied by the government that you can request online, or there's a phone number. You can find all that information on CDC. Um, certainly reaching out to your healthcare provider uh, for influenza testing if if that's needed or if your COVID test is negative um, to, to check and, and see what else you should do, especially if you're high risk. Um, is there a test for the flu? There is. It's a nasal swab, um, but not a home test yet. But I... Ah. But I do think, you know, we'll see kind of that evolving over the next few years because we saw the the role and benefit that it provided for for people during the COVID pandemic to have that availability at home. Okay. I know I'm about to ask a question that people have heard the answers to, but maybe it's worth reiterating here. After vaccines, what are the most important steps we can take to protect ourselves and others this holiday season? If you feel sick, don't go to a large gathering. Get tested, you know, check in, figure out what you have, and and don't go, you know, kind of spread your your germs around. Mm-hmm. Masking, particularly if you're high risk or in high risk um, settings where there's lots of people together. Um, and then I think hand washing, you know, social distancing, kind of the simple things that that we sort of ne- didn't think about before COVID, those still help. Squeezing some lotion on your hands that kills the germs, that's still a good idea. Avoiding touching your your nose and your... Yeah. That's Dr. Sarah Boyd. She's an infectious disease specialist over at St. Luke's. Thanks for running all that down for us, Sarah. I sure appreciate it. Thank you so much. Up to Date is a production of KCUR 89.3. The program is produced by Zach Wilson, Elizabeth Ruiz, Claudia Brancart, and Hallie Jackson. Our intern is Elizabeth Erb. Paul Nakatura is our announcer and engineer. The theme music was composed by the great Bobby Watson. I'm Steve Kraske. Thanks for listening.